Chucking It From The Cheap Seats is the newest podcast covering high school basketball. Head coach Josh Thompson interviews some of the most impactful people who make Hoosier hysteria great. New episodes drop every Wednesday. Subscribe to Chucking It From The Cheap Seats wherever you listen to your podcasts. Our next guest on the Chugging It From The Cheap Seats podcast has coached at four schools during his career as a high school basketball coach in the state of Indiana, including two separate stints at one school. Current Noblesville coach Scott McClelland has also had stints at Western Boone, Brebuff, and two stops at Morristown. This season, he is poised to win his 300th career game and hopes to someday once again capture a state title just as he did in 2018 at Morristown. With all of the coaching stops, we'll also get an update from Coach about the story and horrific accident that put his coaching and family life in a new perspective. Welcome to the Chucking It From The Cheap Seats podcast, head coach of the Noblesville Millers, Scott McClellan. Chucking It From The Cheap Seats is brought to you by Shootaway, offering products like 12K series guns, proven time and again by the nation's top schools and college coaches programs. For special pricing and discounts, contact Bruce Help at 317-767-5543 or go to shootaway.com. All right, so this week on the Checking It from the Cheap Seats podcast, we welcome the head coach of the Noblesville Millers, Coach Scott McClellan. Scott, thanks for taking time uh, to be on with us today. This is one that I was really looking forward to. And uh, I know you said you're taking the dog to the vet, so, man, you're a busy guy. And so carving out uh, 45 minutes for us, I appreciate that, man. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for thinking of me. And hopefully the dog will cooperate while we're uh, uh, doing this. Yeah. Hey, like I told you before we went on, it just adds to the ambiance, man. So, Coach, uh, obviously the last two years you've been at Noblesville and you've been tremendously successful. And we're going to get to that. Um, We're going to get to your state championship run in 2018 and uh, your different stops along the way. But my wife – she sometimes listens, sometimes she doesn't. But you know how wives are. They're, they're pretty critical of the content that we put out there. <laughs> and, and she told me, she said, you need to do a better job of talking about family first. She said, you talk to your team about family first all the time, and then you don't do it on your podcast. So, Coach, tell us a little bit about your family and, and uh, before that a little bit about where you grew up and your folks. Well, I'm a, my current family, uh, you know, I've got a 12-year-old daughter, uh, Anna, the starting to get involved in, in athletics and, and has shown some interest in volleyball, basketball, a few other sports. Uh, wife, uh, Sonia and I just uh, had our 24th wedding anniversary. Uh, so that's uh, uh, to put up with me, I guess, that long. is said something about her. Uh, <laughs> that's like winning a state championship for wives, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, Anna's kind of a unique story because um, when I was the head coach of her buff, we were going through the process of adopting her. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were – so Christmas came, and the day after Christmas, we'd gotten a call that we'd been picked to adopt her, and she had just been born. Mm-hmm. We, uh, we were practicing at, at – uh, well, we were supposed to be in Crawfordsville the next day, and 
I looked at my wife and I said, "Why well, I practice tomorrow. So you can, you can only imagine how that went over. <laughs> and uh, she said, that's what your assistants are for. Yeah. And uh, so um, long story short, through some court dealings and, and stuff, we were supposed to play in Martinsville mm-hmm. on uh, Wednesday night. Well, lo and behold, on uh, I brought her the night we brought her home at three days old. Uh, I ended up going to Martinsville and coaching in the game that night. So mm-hmm. uh, uh, here she is, you know, twelve now and and with us. And uh, yeah, it's been a great a great addition to our lives, and, yeah. and uh, certainly. Uh, uh, you know, I think you look at things a little bit differently uh, when you eventually become a parent. Oh, and, a- uh, amen to that. Amen to that. So, Coach, where, tell us where you grew up at and, and yeah, what, what you're – I grew what, up what outside you... of Muncie. Uh, I went to Yorktown High School, uh, played football and basketball. Um, you know, was just a, a very, I would say, mediocre to average player. I mean, I enjoyed jo- it. Join the crowd. Uh, Join the crowd. <laughs> uh, you know, just, you know, got to be a part of, uh, of you know, sports and just growing up in Muncie. And, and you know, my first memories of, of high school basketball were, were when my dad used to take me to watch the Bearcats play on Friday night mm-hmm. at the Muncie Fieldhouse, which is, if it's not the best, in my opinion, it's the best gym in the state, but it's our, it's certainly one of the best and, and the tradition and history of Muncie Central. And at that time, uh, Muncie Northside and Muncie Southside would play their home games at the field house. So there were a lot of nights we would go watch Muncie Central on Friday night mm-hmm. at, you know, at the field house, maybe Saturday night, take in a, um, Muncie North Side or Muncie uh, South Side game. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, just um, some great memories there. Uh, played, like I said, at Yorktown. Uh, had an opportunity to go to go to a small school of uh, Ancilla College and kind of be a part of their basketball program for a year. And and uh, like I said, I wasn't very good. Um, but uh, you know. Um, you know, just realized that coaching was in the future and, and uh, just ultimately wanted to, to get involved uh, from that, you know, with basketball from that angle. So I was fortunate enough to do that. Yeah. So coach, something I ask a lot of the guys on the, on the podcast, like when did you know that you wanted to coach basketball? Was that something that, you know, you, you talked about your dad taking you to the field house there in Muncie. Like when you were a little kid sitting there, did you think, man, one of these days when – I'm 45, 50 years old. I'd love to be pacing the sidelines. You know, I think, I think I always kind of had a knack that I, that I, or an idea that hey, maybe it, someday I'll be forced enough to coach something. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, um, I think in high school I really started kind of thinking about about that, and um, you know, wanted to coach. Um, but I, you know, <clears throat> I wanted to stay involved with basketball because I really wasn't that good a player, mm-hmm. and I wanted to, um, I wanted to, uh, you know, after I went, I wanted to go play college basketball. But the reality of it was, is I just wasn't that good, and uh, yeah, you know, I thought, well, you know, this is my way of staying involved and staying close to the game, and. 
uh, more than anything, being a part of a team. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, you know, I, I was coaching basketball, um, you know, two years out of high school. Mm-hmm. Where'd you start out as a, as a coach at? You know what's ironic um, is I, I went back to my alma mater as a girls basketball assistant. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my, my sister, who was two years younger, was all set to go play. Uh, if you know anything about Delaware County, um, volleyball is obviously really big in Delaware County. Oh, and yeah. Has, even 30 years later, it's still pretty big. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kristen was a, was a really good volleyball player at Yorktown and, and was going to go on to play college volleyball. And um, unfortunately, she well, she also her sophomore year decided to go out for the basketball team. Mm-hmm. Had never played, <laughs> and um, um, ended up playing three years of varsity basketball at Yorktown. Uh-huh. And um, in April of her senior year, she came home from spring break and. Um, contracted spinal meningitis and ended up dying uh uh in april of her senior year oh man uh, yeah so you know you talk about earth shadow you know events that just kind of you never get over Mm -hmm. what's ironic about this why she was sick in the hospital you know division one volleyball player division one athlete a few days later unconscious and never regains consciousness Mm. but her her coach came to me while I was in the hospital room waiting for her and asked me if I'd have any interest. Mm-hmm. And again, I was back. I'd just gone back to Ball State, and I was kind of like, "Hey, this this sounds all right." Yeah. So I ended up going to be a varsity assistant for three years under Connie Lyon, mm-hmm. and my first head coaching job was uh, the girls' job at Wapahani High School, another powerhouse volleyball program, where in that one year um, we were fortunate enough to go 500 and win the sectional championship. <laughs> That's pretty cool. So my, my early start with high school basketball centered around girls' basketball, and I really wanted to go back to Wapahani. Unfortunately, I had to finish my student teaching. Mm-hmm. I was getting married, and we were moving to Indianapolis, mm-hmm. and something just had to give. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, you know, that ultimately, um, you know, and then I realized that once I finished my student teaching, I was like, you know what, I want to be, I want to be a boys coach. Yeah. And I, my first uh, assistant boys job, head, or I'm sorry, first assistant coaching job with the boys was at Blue River High mm-hmm. School, which was at that time, and we ended up going to the state finals and lost in the championship to uh, Attica. And, uh, you know, just uh, so I, I was very fortunate as a young coach uh, to have the experiences I got, you know, at 26, I guess. I was a head coach of a girls program, and, you know, by 27 or, or 28, I was an assistant coach and on staff of, of a team that, in the state finals i mean it's uh just very lucky so if, if there was an itch there early you you had had definitely scratched it but you had almost caught a virus of coaching you, you were you were in for the long haul weren't you i know yeah i i think uh it just it just stuck and uh i just 
I enjoyed the game. I enjoyed going to watch practices and, and reading, a, you know, a lot of books I read were just coaches, not even necessarily X's and O's, but, you know, just different books of, you know, their lives. And, and then obviously the camaraderie that you build with mm-hmm. coaches around and, and, you know, um, and then the kids and just being around the game. I think that really, you know, in those mid twenties, I was like, Hey, I'm in, you know, this is it. Uh, I can't screw in a light bulb. Uh, I can't fix anything. Um, I don't want to sell anything. So I didn't know anything other than that's really what I wanted to do. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, you can fish. You can fish. I've seen evidence of that. So, so you might you, you might not be fixing the lawnmower, but you can you can fish. And I know you and Coach Blankenship like to get out on the lake together from time to time, um, you know. And you live there on one of the best lakes in the country, uh, there on Geist. But uh, you know, how, how often do you get out and fish, Coach? You know, Josh and I we we try to get out as much as possible. We've been out once. Um, you know, a lot of times I'll just go down the dock uh, mm-hmm. and kind of fish off the dock. And, and uh, but I do, I enjoy that. I that's kind of a, a second passion is just being outside. Uh, I've really uh, fishing and hunting have really grown. Uh, you know, I've always kind of had a passion for, it, but here in these last oh, probably five years, it's just you know, uh, I always joke if I wasn't uh uh, if I didn't have basketball interfering, I'd have a lot more time to fish and hunt, but, uh, <laughs> I'm not ready to quite give that up yet. Yeah. Well, you know, you, you talked about, uh, the camaraderie and I know you got me in trouble and, and I can talk about this, uh, you know, because it's school appropriate here on the podcast, but we stayed up talking basketball at the IBCA clinic till four o'clock in the morning. And Josh drove me back to the hotel and we weren't doing anything we weren't supposed to be doing. We were just talking basketball, but my wife, my wife that next morning on life 360, it showed me stopping at the hotel at like four twenty-five in the morning. She, she goes, what were you doing? I said, honey, I was at Scott's house. I was, I was over at Scott's. That is true. And that is all true. And, we weren't doing anything wrong or bad. Uh, we were talking basketball, and it was, uh, you know, and it was, if I'm not mistaken, I believe there were five or six other people with us, or five or six total people oh. still, at, you know, going on four o'clock in the morning, and we're just talking basketball. Yeah. And uh, if if we are, weren't know, all ready, ready to just pass out from sleep deprivation, we probably would still be there talking basketball today. Yeah, that was, it's a good time. Yeah. It was, was. And, and I think that's one of the things that makes, you know, it all so special. I mean, you, you enjoy practice and you enjoy being around your kids and, you know, maybe you enjoy the games. I don't know. Maybe some guys don't, mm-hmm. but for me, it's the camaraderie and the relationships and the friendships that I've been, the basketball has enabled me to have mm-hmm. that, you know, I just, it's it's just uh it's just a really neat unique i don't know fraternity is the right word to use but uh uh and the connections that you make with people that you really maybe would never come in contact with absolutely for basketball absolutely well and i want to touch on two things from what you just said number one uh we, we all mourn in the basketball community the passing of coach crumb 
And I saw you post on Twitter yesterday, um, you know, a picture of you and Coach Crum. And, uh, you know, you said you had an opportunity to, to you know, talk with him for, for a short period of time. But you, you talked about those connections and meeting people that you wouldn't normally meet. Was there somebody else outside of Coach Crum that just really sticks out in your mind that, that you've had the opportunity to meet and talk to just because you're a basketball coach? Oh, gosh. I mean, it's ironic you bring that up. I think that was in spring break of 2005 or 2006, and we were walking through the Atlanta airport. Mm-hmm. And I thought – I took a double take for a second. I thought, that was Denny Crumb. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I didn't even say anything to my wife. I, she, next thing she knows, I'm not, I'm not there. And I went back, and sure enough, it was. And, you know, he was – he was great, man. I mean, he didn't know me from Adam. Mm-hmm. I think I was in my second – I just finished my second or third year at Morristown. Mm-hmm. Um, we were taught – he had been at the state finals. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was one of the uh, Oden and Conley teams. I can't remember which year, though, Josh. But uh, we were talking about that and just college basketball in general. And, you know, it, it was just a, a five- to probably seven-minute conversation, but he was nice enough to – to take a picture with me mm-hmm. and uh you know um it, later that later on the trip i was reading a book about uh john wooden book yeah and there was a picture of denny crumb as a young assistant for coach wooden mm-hmm. and i looked at my wife i said that guy looked familiar and she said that's the guy you just had a picture taken and i said yep and I wished for the life of me. I wasn't even thinking about it. And I had it in my bag. Uh-huh. Wish you would have signed that book. Yeah, but, that, that would have been know, pretty cool. Okay, I've got my, my picture. You know, basketball, meeting people. Um, my grandmother did a Hooks Drugstore commercial. Hooks Drugstore commercial. That's kind of comical now. Hey, I'm old, 19... enough, I'm, I'm old enough to remember Hooks Drugstores. <laughs> When Larry Bird had just signed with the Pacers, okay. Uh, or I'm sorry, with the Celtics, uh-huh. and she did—I believe it was in 1978 or 79—they mm-hmm. did a, a commercial, and my grandmother was the was the old lady in the commercial with Larry Bird. There you go. Uh, so that that's kind of a, a unique tidbit. Um, you know, I mean, I don't know, gosh, I've been like you. I think we're all so fortunate enough to to meet coaches and, and see people and, you know, I mean, it just connects you. Basketball connects you to people that you may never have thought about, you know, people you see on television or people that are famous. And, um, you know, I, I, I guess being a, a Indianapolis, you know, kind of living in the Indianapolis area, you know, uh, I remember we went and watched Butler's practice. Mm-hmm. And Butler was coming off their second championship game of parents. And Brad Stevens came up and asked me what I thought of practice. And I thought, you're asking me what I thought of practice? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I always – and you got me thinking, and I, I know now it sounds like we're name dropping, and I certainly don't. But I was – you know, I mentioned Muncie and how special going to the field house and my dad was. Mm-hmm. My dad got to be friends with – Coach Majerus, when Coach Majerus was yes. the head coach at Ball State, mm-hmm. and uh, I remember meeting him as a young kid. Uh, I think I was 12, 11 yeah. or twelve years old, and we were we were getting our haircuts 
in the student center of Ball State University. Now I gotta stop and, you. I, I gotta stop you there because if you're talking about haircuts, I don't know if this is a true story because Coach Macheras didn't have much hair. <laughs> no, no, he was in there in the in the Wendy's restaurant, the student union. There you eating, go, Wendy's. Uh, <laughs> now we're sounding more like Coach Majerus. <laughs> my dad's. We went in there to grab something to eat after we we're getting haircuts. My dad went over and said, "You're the new basketball coach, Rick Majerus, uh -huh. right?" Of course, you know I was 11 or 12, and they developed a, a relationship through that. Yeah, and uh, I can remember uh, we had had living in Muncie. Roman Mueller was a, was a was a guy that played on Ball State's team, and Roman was married uh -huh. in college, yeah, and had a young young little uh, girl and a wife. And I remember uh, us having them over for dinner a couple times because I think Coach Majerus, you know, knew that they were, you know, a young family that he was going to school and she wasn't working, and and. Uh, but, yeah, I think – and I remember walking up to him when he spoke at the clinic, what was it, about eight years ago, mm. ten years ago? Yeah, it's probably and, probably about ten, I think. And I went up and introduced, him, introduced myself, and he said, your dad's Bob. And I said, you're right. And he signed something, uh, and I've got it framed down there in the basement. You probably even saw it that night. We were talking at the IBC clinic. Um so that, you know, I think that's probably the one that probably, I don't know, stands out the most. Yeah. Yeah, you talk about Coach. Coach yes, absolutely. We we both are. And you talk about Coach Steven asking you about practice. And I, I've always – it's always amazed me a lot of times those people like Coach Stevens. And we had Coach Harris, uh, Dale Harris, on the podcast a couple weeks ago. Just how humble those people are. Um, but the second thing that stuck out in my mind a second ago, and I wrote this down, uh, people that you meet, acquaintances along the way, friendships you form. Um, you and I were connected back in 2005 because you were the head coach at Morristown. And we were, I was a young assistant at Lagodi with Greg Dean, and we were using you guys to get a lot of information on one of our opponents in the state tournament, Hauser, that we played in the semi-state. But the connection that we had with you was through the hero of Hanover, the uh, the legend of Seymour, <laughs> Bo Scott. And, uh, you know, Bo's a good friend of ours. Uh, uh, he was a college roommate of mine, and he was an assistant for you at Morristown. And just, just talk a little bit about Bo so I can razz him on here. Oh, no, uh, you're right. Um, that is how we got connected, and Bo – Bo was a really valuable asset to me as a young coach. Uh, my first head coaching job at, at uh, Morristown, he had come from really strong pedigree with his grandfather being Barney Scott, longtime successful coach at Seymour. And, and uh, uh, you know, he's still a, a friend to this day. He eventually left us and went on to become the head coach at Cambridge City and, and is now the head strength and conditioning coach at uh, Denison University, and, mm -hmm. and uh, uh, yeah, I, I know he always spoke really highly of you guys and, and uh, you and Greg, and, and yeah, yeah, Hauser had beat us in the semifinals of the sectional, and you guys were going to play them. Um, at Seymour. In the, in the, yeah, at Seymour mm -hmm. in the semi-state. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm not mistaken – the next week, you played Lapel, which was a team that we had played in the regular season as well. 
with Jimmy Howe coaching Absolutely. in his first year or second year back at LaPel, mm-hmm. and Jason Holsinger yeah. was uh, their best player and an unbelievable oh, yeah. talent and player. No, it was it was crazy because, you know, you you guys over there at Morristown, you guys were a huge resource for us throughout that, that tournament run. I can't appreciate your – your help enough, but going back to that, Coach, you were you were at Morristown, and let's see, you were at Morristown for seven years the first time, correct? And uh, correct. won a sectional title, and um, then you decide to, to go to Brebuff, and you're a lot like me that you left a small school to go to a big school, and now you you've done it again. But what is the the biggest difference that you would say? Uh, is between small school basketball at like the one A two A level? and basketball at Brebuff, Noblesville at the 3A, 4A? You know, I think one thing, Brebuff is unique in itself because it's it's completely private. Mm -hmm. It has no affiliation to any theater school, the church. Uh, I mean, it is is its own identity or Mm -hmm. or, or entity, I guess, would be – what I would say, um, you know, I think the thing that Burbuff is much different than Morristown. Morristown is much different than Noblesville. But I would also say that Burbuff is much different than Noblesville as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think when you get to that 3A and 4A level in Hamilton and Marion County, mm-hmm. you're playing – I always say, who are you going to outcoach? Mm-hmm. I mean, because you're real, you're not going to. Yeah. Um, and that's not to say, and I've said this many times that some of the best coaches I coached against were guys at Morris, you know, against that we faced against and why I was coaching at Morristown. But mm-hmm. the other thing that throws in that dynamic is the level of play. Oh yeah. And the level of the players, you know, I mean. You know, going to Brebuff, where we had, I think our schedule was the 23rd most difficult mm-hmm. on the Sagarin ratings. You know, you're facing Lawrence North and Carmel and Zionsville. And, and you know, I mean, how many North Central? I mean, my, my first Marion County experience was Ronnie Johnson, Devontae Rivera Smith. <laughs> um, you know, uh, I can't, well, I can't welcome. football. Welcome to the show. <laughs> right. I mean, goodness, Latham, if I remember right, played football at IU. I mean, it was just like, I mean, you know, we were coaching against Yogi Farrell, Trevon mm-hmm. Blewett. Mm-hmm. I remember we got beat by Park Tudor my second year at Burbuff. And Park Tudor's gym's relatively small. Mm-hmm. But there were two, uh, there were two uh, seats folding chairs sitting in the corner of the gym mm-hmm. and i thought gosh that's strange mm-hmm. well it was brad steve it was brad stevens and matt painter yeah and they they yogi was already going to iu mm-hmm. they were recruiting pj who would later who played for me who would later go to purdue mm-hmm. and they were rec- both recruiting trevon blewett yeah who ended up going to xavier yeah but after the game we ended up getting just blasted and Coach Painter came back, wanted to say hi to PJ, and Matt and I knew each other, just kind of a connection from Delaware County. He's a few years older than I 
one, you know, I am, but mm-hmm. uh, the guys in high school always played at this one gym, and we were or this one court outside. We were in junior high, and we were just looking to play too. And I can always remember, you know, watching those guys play outside in high school during the summer and stuff. But mm-hmm. so that kind of connected us a little bit. But uh, I remember he came up afterwards, and he said, "Scott, your kids are—they're listening to you. You're doing the right things, you know, yada yada yada." And and he said, "What are you supposed to do?" He's like, "Yogi Ferrell is a pro basketball player," mm-hmm. and. And I remember joking with him. I said, well, I'll let it be your problem for the next four years. And he said, <laughs> it is going to be my problem for the next four years. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think even true of, of you know, Noblesville. You know, mm-hmm. last year it was was um, Mr. Basketball, you know, from Westfield. Um, yeah. Oh, I'm losing my mind. Um, help me out. Place for Purdue. Uh, oh, uh, Smith. Braden Smith. Yeah. Yeah, Braden Smith. And, and – you know, all the different, you know, now we're facing Jalen Harrelson at Fisher mm-hmm. and, and, you know, uh, the catching kid from Brownsburg. And, and, you know, you could just go on and on with so many different guys that, you know, are going to be playing big time college basketball and, and potentially have opportunities to maybe play in the pros, uh, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's the NBA, but I don't know, but certainly, uh, you know, probably have an opportunity to play overseas and things of that nature absolutely i remember sitting at the ibca clinic one year and i was sitting next to a guy and he's a coach was out there i don't even remember which coach it was i don't remember what school it was from but he had his players out there demonstrating at lawrence north and the guy sitting next to me goes man if i had those guys i wouldn't lose any games and i'm like do you know who those guys are playing every night (laughs) you know it's like like you said it's it's relative and just because you've got some really good athletes doesn't mean that the other guy that you're coaching against up there in Marion County, Hamilton County, that those guys don't have just as good athletes, if not better athletes or players than what you do. Oh, yeah. You know, we coached against Trey Lyles, too, and he's in the NBA when he was playing at Tech when mm-hmm. I was at Burbuff. So, you know, I, I just – it's it's never easy, um, you know, but I think that the thing that will probably – stand out the biggest change is the level of athlete on top of the those great players and then the depth the depth of the teams you know whereas you know Morristown you might you might have two or three really good players Mm -hmm. but you know at you know some of the buff you know Noblesville or teams you're playing against they may have five or six yeah yeah. Now, speaking of really good players at Morristown, you I heard you speak at a clinic one time, and you were talking about the number of 1,000-point scores that you had at Morristown. Can you touch on that? Because I think that this is one of the most amazing statistics in high school basketball. Well, I think, again, you talk about being fortunate and lucky. Mm-hmm. Um, we did. We had a great stretch. I went back to Morristown. Uh, the 15-16 season, and uh, stayed through 21. Mm-hmm. And uh, during that time period, in 2018, Hayden Landtable, who led us to the state championship, scored over his he had a, he had scored over 2,000 points. Mm-hmm. And Eli Strevel, that same year, who was a senior, scored uh, over a thousand points. Mm-hmm. The next year, 
Logan Lasser, who was our point guard on that state championship team, who was only a junior, he scored his 1,000th point uh, in 19. Mm -hmm. The following year, Trevon Carlton, who was our sophomore center at 6'2 on the state championship team, he scored his 1,000th point in 20. And Kyle Krim, who was our sixth man and our freshman, a freshman on our state championship team, he scored his 1,000th point in 21. <laughs> yeah. And what's ironic about that is Drake Moore, who's actually playing at Oakland City University right now, mm -hmm. he was a freshman on that 18 team and played mostly JV. He played a little varsity. Yeah. He scored 830 points or right there. Had Hayden or Logan, I'm sorry, Hayden and Eli not been there, he probably scores a thousand points too. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, and, and the thing I tell the people all the time is, you know, it just tells you one, how fortunate I was as a coach, but more importantly, we were so lucky because not only did we have great guys, great, mm -hmm. just great dudes to be around. We had guys that just loved to play yeah, and, and loved to be in the gym and work at their game. I mean, just this year off that 18 team, you know, Hayden was finishing at Marion. Mm -hmm. Kyle's playing his sophomore season at Hanover and Drake's playing at Oakland city. Yeah. And, and you know, if, if Logan had chosen to do school as opposed to go the, you know, the workforce out of high school, he'd be playing somewhere too. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it, yeah, it's an unbelievable statistic. Uh, uh, you know, very uh, to think a small school of, you know, less than 300 kids was able to put produce that kind of numbers in that stretch, and, and um, it's pretty uh, pretty amazing. Pretty neat, it really is. And, and uh, you know, I, I've had a couple kids score a thousand. I, you know, I think uh, next year I'll. I'll Aaron Fine at Noblesville will probably break a thousand, would be my guess. Mm -hmm. uh, but to have a stretch there of five different kids in, in essentially four years is is pretty remarkable. Absolutely, Coach. I want to talk about some highs and lows now with with life, and uh, you know we're going to talk about the state championship here in a second. But um, you you had a really traumatic event happen to your family. Your wife was invo involved in a, in, in a car wreck and you know obviously things have turned out well but for a while um things look pretty bleak and uh i think the way you handled that the way your family handled that um really is a great example of how to handle adversity but for people that are not familiar with that situation can you touch on that a little bit yeah i yeah i can um you know we played we played hamilton heights on a wednesday night um in February, February 9th of uh, 2022, and it was a makeup game. Mm -hmm. And, um, um, you know, I think this was probably, you know, Mark James said to me, this is one of his greatest fears is your family coming home from the ball game. And, and um, you know, uh, my wife, my, my daughter and mother-in-law had left the game, were traveling home, and, uh, you know, were hit, hit head on by a drunk driver and um you know we uh obviously this is 
all worked out. Um, mm-hmm. We're still dealing with some legal ramifications. Uh, I'm optimistic that that will uh, all be completed. Matter of fact, at the end of this month. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know, more than anything, uh, you know, a couple scary nights. Uh, you know, my my daughter, two broken arms. You know, 11 years old at that time, and mm-hmm. and you know. Uh, knowing that her grandmother and mother and, and you know, the, the, the ironic thing was that my wife had been released, well, quite frankly, too early uh-huh. and had to be readmitted and had suffered a couple strokes along the way. And, uh, you know, I know we were playing Brownsburg um, and I didn't make the game, obviously, but, mm-hmm. you know, it kind of put things in perspective. Absolutely. Uh, as far as, um, you know, that night in particular when, you know, where we had to call some some really important doctors in and it was kind of like, you know, uh, you're, you're, you're saying your prayers and you're staying optimistic, but you're also wanting to make sure that, you know, I, I joke with people now, but we had some conversations that got real real quick. Mm-hmm. And, Absolutely. And, you know, because you don't want to. You know, you you didn't want to be in a situation where maybe you didn't didn't say something, and, yeah. and uh, lo and behold, for us, everybody has uh, recuperated, mm-hmm. uh, has been re- you know fine. Everybody's back to work. Daughter's back playing sports. Um, you know, um, it's it's just driving home from yeah. a high school basketball game, and lo and behold, your you, your world can change just like that, and. Um, you know, uh, I don't want to get into too much. So uh, we're we're optimistic and hopeful that the judicial system will work. And mm-hmm. um, you know, um, you know, but mo- most importantly, uh, everybody's okay, and we're back to normal routine. And, and uh, you know, if anything, if we've learned some things, and it's made us stronger, and hopefully brought us more together. Absolutely, and like you said, you you learn not to take things for granted. But uh, going back and like we talk about with the pinnacle of basketball in, in 2018, you won a state championship. And I know probably some listeners here locally are, are attuned to this part of the show. Um, you beat Bar Reeve in the, in the semi-state, beat a really good Bar Reeve team in 2018, and then the next week turn around and win a state championship. What was that, that whole run like for you? No. For over 32 years, D1 Basketball has offered elite basketball camps and top-tier player development programs. Team camps, individual skills camps, and shooting camps can improve performance for you. New Indiana basketball camps impact performance like D1 Basketball. Since 1989, annual enrollment in D1 Basketball has grown from 80 to 3,500 players, making it one of the largest individual basketball organizations in the Midwest. The mission of D1 Basketball is to help coaches and players maximize their performance. D1 Basketball Facts. D1 Basketball Camps are exclusively endorsed by the Indiana Basketball Coaches Association. D1 Team Camps have hosted more high school sectional championship teams, Final Four teams, and Indiana All-Stars than any other camp shootout or summer tournament. D1 Team Camps provide the best chance for a school coach to work with all their teams in its top-tier competition from the I'm going to say what I said in 2018. It was surreal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I knew that we had a chance to have a good team. Mm-hmm. But 
and you know this, it's just hard enough winning the section. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, we ended up beating Hauser in the semifinals, who had an incredible team who had beaten us earlier in the year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we ended, and then we won on, beat them on Friday night, won on Saturday, and then we, we ended up beating uh, University in the morning game. And they had a last-second shot. We gambled and got out of position, and they had a last-second three opportunity that if it's two inches the other way, we probably finished the year at, what was it, 23-3 and three or 24-3 yeah. and three and have a great season. Yeah. And I, I remember that university team. They were loaded for a 118. We we played them that, that year in our holiday tournament at Vincennes, and we, we were fortunate to beat them, but that might have been our best game of the entire year that we played. They were very good, yeah. very well coached. Yes. And then we – so then we get to the night game, and, oh, who do we get to play? The re, the defending 1A state champions in, Indiana, uh, in Indianapolis, Timley. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> who were led by Eric Hunter, who played at Purdue, and Butler. Yeah. Now, I want you to think about something. Yeah. Eric Hunter is the all-time leading scorer in Marion County history. Yeah. That's George McGinnis. That's Oscar Robertson. I mean, and, you know, so obviously he could put the ball in the basket. Yes. And I remember thinking he hit, he hit his first two shots. <laughs> and they were deep threes uh-huh. and we could we did everything right and i thought to myself well this is going to be a long night yeah. and uh yeah. you know we're just lucky to we yeah. had a great year and well <clears throat> it, it was it was kind of ironic they were not able to kind of figure out their zone and i kind of attest this a little bit to our kids but also i i I'm not sure that Eric Hunter got enough shots that night. Uh-huh. Um, and then they kept pressing us. Yeah. And Hayden scored 46 that night on 18 of 24 from the field. Wow. Because they kept pressing us. Yeah. And and that wasn't probably the best or smartest thing for them to do. Uh-huh. And we just kept shooting layup after layup. Yeah. So the next week we go to the semi-state and – I remember the big thing for that week was tickets mm-hmm. because we were lumped in at the semi-state with the 4A game of New Albany with Romeo Langford and undefeated Warren Central. Mm-hmm. And the tension in the room about tickets was just at an all-time I, – I mean, you could just feel it. And yeah. nobody wanted to look at anyone else. <laughs> and, of course, Barbara Reeve has such a strong following anyway mm-hmm. – and people, you know, we, we always had a good following, but as we were moving, you know, it was growing, getting bigger and bigger and so forth. And, uh, you know, we were able to, um, uh, you know, beat a very good, very disciplined, well-coached Bar Reef team. Um, and then uh, the next week, um, you know, played uh, Southwood in the state championship and, you know, at halftime, I think we were up nine or seven, mm-hmm. but I didn't like it. I didn't feel real good because I felt like I knew they hadn't shot the ball well, but I just felt like we'd given them a couple second, third chance opportunities. Yeah. And, and they got so consumed in Hayden 
and Hayden had 16 points to 14 rebounds. You got to say, well, golly, yeah, that's a pretty good night. Exactly. Well, Logan Lasser had a triple double that night, and Eli Strebel had 35. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, to be able to do that and be a part of something like that, I think those are things you've been fortunate enough to to do that. I think those are kind of pipe dreams. Absolutely. You know, it's kind of like, gosh, I hope I'm fortunate enough to maybe one day win a sectional. Mm-hmm. And then, and, and I, I often joke that, you know, when we went to the media day for the state finals leading up to the game, you know, everybody was talking about university and Tinley and Bar Reeve. And I said, you know what? Hauser could be here right now mm-hmm. because they finished the regular season eighth in the state and 1A basketball game. And they beat you during the regular season. And they had beaten us in the regular yeah. season. Yeah. And um, and they had a, they were led by a kid who I believe just signed with Eastern or Northern Kentucky and uh, uh, Alex Gross, who was a 6'10 kid, and he could play. He wasn't just a 6'10 kid that was tall. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, but to beat the teams that we were able to do and then uh, – that was, uh, you know, I often say, you know, probably, you know, other than being coming a dad, probably the highlight of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, be a part of something like that. And, and I, you know, Marvin Wood is a, is a Morristown graduate. Mm-hmm. And obviously, Coach Wood, Mr. Wood passed away, I believe, in 2000 or 2001. Yeah. Uh, but I had met his his wife okay. uh, several times, and um, she wrote me a card, and I've I've got it, uh-huh. and it, um, and I don't keep a lot of things, um, any of any of the stuff in a, that I've accumulated as a coach in our basement because I except for a couple things from the state championship, mm-hmm. um, but nothing else because I I just you know to me. You know, that's about the team, and it should be about the program and stuff like that. But she wrote me a card, and I'll never forget, and I have this down with the the original transcript of, of all the game play-by-play that you probably received and yeah. the official stats and all that. And she said, Scott, I want to tell you something I told the boys in 1954. And I'm getting goosebumps just talking about it. Yeah. She said, it's – it's nice to be important, but it's more important to be nice. Wow. And that's just stuck. Yeah. And, and I've got that card still to this day. I mean, she wrote a really nice, you know, but, but that was her message to me. Uh, the same thing she told the boys at night. She said that the same, I, I could say that I could repeat that 30 times, Josh, right now. Cause it just, it's so, so so awesome, but also so genuine and coming from who it came from. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, you know, to be a part of what this great state has enabled us to be a, a small part of. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, the, yeah, I just so special. Uh, just such a neat lady. Scott, um, I'm going to tell you a quick story before we run out of time here because I've got a couple things I want to get to. Uh, but just real quick, so this is how life can just throw curveballs at us, and I think God has a, a big plan. So back before Coach Wood got the Milan job, he was also uh, a candidate for the job at Bloomfield. 
And he ultimately decided, and I think I read this in Bobby Plump's book, but I verified it with people from Bloomfield, that he decided to take the Milan job because it was going to pay him $500 more. Okay, and, and, and we know back then in the 50s that was, that was a good chunk of change. But the guy that got the Bloomfield job is Coach Guy Glover, who the gym is now named after, you know. But I've always thought about, like, what if Marvin Wood would have been at Bloomfield? Like, number one, the story of Milan maybe is completely different. And the story of Guy Glover and Bloomfield is completely different. So, again, people that tell me that God doesn't have a plan, I, I think back to the Coach Wood story and him applying at Bloomfield. But going back to a couple of things I wanted to touch on before we get off here, you, you've had some highs and you've had some lows in, in coaching. You know, you, you've been to the top of the mountain. You've been down in the valley. What would some advice – for, or what what advice would you give to young coaches and maybe maybe aspiring head coaches or head coaches that are in their first or second year and you know they're they're not you know twenty five and two those first couple years. I think first and foremost, um, yeah. I mean, uh, when I think about twenty years and the high highs, the, you mentioned eighteen and. You know, I, I've been dismissed as a, as a coach at, at Western Boone, and quite frankly, they probably did me a huge favor. Um, but, you know, I think the first thing is it's not life and death. I yeah. think as a young coach, you were constantly always trying to strive to show people that you knew what you were doing. Mm-hmm. And, and so every game matters. Well, you know, you get – you have some success or relative some success. You coach some different kids, different places. I said, you know, getting fired, uh, you know, gave me a different perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, but every game is not life and death. Um, I think the other thing is to delegate. Mm-hmm. I would certainly encourage young coaches. If they can get a young, or I'm sorry, a good assistant mm-hmm. who maybe, quite frankly, is, I don't know if the right word is more knowledgeable or has, but certainly has an understanding and a background um, to do that. Not be afraid of that by any means, mm-hmm. because you're going to be better for that, um, you know, and and you're I'm not sure that all of us would have done that in our first two, three, or four years. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas I know now, like, I've got some guys that I've had, you know, even at Noblesville. Mm-hmm. I'm there, that we have Matt Fine been a head coach. Jake Hoffman could be a head coach. Um, you know, uh, we hired a, a couple guys at, at Morristown. Um, so I would really encourage young coaches mm-hmm. to find somebody that they can trust that, that they know can help them and, and, and grow them and not be, I don't know if the word's intimidated by that, mm-hmm. um, but I think that, I, I think finding some balance um, because you're not going to, you know as well as I do, Josh, all the stuff that we're required to do um, that has nothing to do with our team. Mm-hmm. Or, or or practice. It's amazing. Or, it, it is. And people <laughs> yeah. have no idea. Kyle Needenrip did a story this year uh, here locally with, you know, local Marion Hancock, J- 
Johnson County uh, about some of the challenges that, that coaches face. He did it with football coaches in the fall. He did it with basketball coaches in the winter. I mean, from teaching to, to youth basketball to all the administrative stuff, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, so finding some balance. Um, and, and I guess the last thing I'd probably say is less is more sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, that's a hard thing to do. Um, but, you know, I think sometimes, you know, for example, don't be afraid to give your guys a day off in February or January. Yeah. You know, don't, you know, don't be afraid to go an hour mm-hmm. instead of an hour and 45 minutes or two hours. Yeah. Um, you know, this stuff can change on a dime. Um, you know, uh, whether it be an injury uh, uh, a dumb decision a kid makes, uh, uh, a team gets hot at the right time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think a lot of that, you know, we got it right at the right time this past year after a loss to Garen Catholic. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that paid great dividends for us winning the sectional this year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah, but you, you, I, can, I just, you can never discount the, the – the impact that a loss can have on your season in a positive uh, way, in a positive way. Absolutely. Um, you know, I, yeah, I think that's the biggest thing. It's not life and death. Finding somebody that can make you better, that you can trust, that maybe has maybe even a little bit more experience than you. Uh, finding some balance. Um, you know, uh, Less is more. That mm-hmm. would probably be my my four that I would really try to um, share with younger coaches. Uh, um, you know, um, this is never easy. Yes. And, and it's never easy when you're good. It's never easy when you're okay. And it's never easy when you're bad. And it's all <laughs> for different reasons. Absolutely. Truer words have never been spoken. <laughs> but, no, Coach, you gave some great nuggets there because I have a lot of assistant coaches that tune in to the podcast, aspiring head coaches, and they'll send me notes and, you know, and they'll, they'll make comments or send me a note about uh, something that a head coach has said. And you, you hit on four four golden nuggets there. So I appreciate you. And, and Coach, we're, we're out of time uh, for this episode, but I cannot thank you enough for carving time out of your day and – and taking care of the dog. I mean, you are multitasking there. I mean, that's another thing. A, a head coach has got to be really good at multitasking, and you were delivering the dog home from the vet and talking on a podcast at the same time. <laughs> uh, maybe that. Maybe I got found a second career choice. I don't know. Yeah. I, uh, hey, when you when you and I retire, we got to get Blankenship together, and we'll fish during the day, and we'll have like a, a coach's show at night. There we go. That would be great. No, yeah. I can't. I can't thank you enough, Josh. Uh, one for including me. Uh, I just, I still think of myself as a young coach. Absolutely. Uh, I still think, of, even though I've just finished year twenty, I still think of myself as as um, just a guy constantly trying to figure out a little bit more each year. Um, you know, it, but I think the biggest thing that it's been so good to me. Besides the kids and the relationships of, with kids and people, but it's been the coaches and the friendships, um, you know, and I think that keeps a lot of us young, mm-hmm. and I think that keeps some guys in the game, 
Um, absolutely. You know, it really does. Well, so Coach, thank you again for having me. Absolutely. No, thank you. And uh, best of luck to you and the Millers down the road, man. Thank you. Chucking it from the cheap seats is also brought to you by BSN Sports and Jeff Neal, their sales rep. Shop BSN Sports for a large selection of sports apparel and footwear, custom and stock Nike team uniforms, and sports equipment for your next winning season. Contact Jeff Neal at 812 204 3808 or visit BSN Sports.com.